0: We play and call it work. Hello there, wargamers. gamers. The sit and talk is back. Today, you've got me, Luca. From any war gaming, to sit here for an hour. I have to make this last an hour. That won't be hard. I could ramble forever. So if you're not interested in rambling, and you want quick, short, precise answers, this is probably not the video for you, but I will try my best to not ramble too bad. Next week, it's gonna be Steve. We actually swapped the order up. Steve's typically before me, and he makes people leave silly little notes for me, you know, like, at Luca, Luca, Luca Dear Mr. Lord the Dice, and stuff like that, which I appreciate, I find that very funny. So I would like to do the same for Steve. So Steve is next week. What you're gonna wanna do, if you wanna have any questions, or if you have any questions for Steve, you leave them just, I, I got nothing creative right now. You could, <laughs> there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things you could do with that. You know, he just typically doesn't like his first name being Stefano uh, Address. So if you want to leave anything for Lord Stefano or Stefano the Great, or just make up something funny too, like Steve, uh, nickname, the Mo- like you know Steve the Mountain, uh, DeMarco, or anything like that. And, you know, all that good stuff. He makes, makes him greatly uncomfortable, so that'll be great fun if you want to make someone uncomfortable, and you should, in this case. Uh, what I'm going to do here is answer questions from the Vault members and from the fans that uh, were left on last week's episode of the Sit and Talk. We're not doing it live anymore, we're just kind of recording it and throwing it up on the uh, vlog channel. So, if you are unaware of the vlog channel, go check that out, that's Mini Wargaming Vlogs on YouTube. Uh, it's just mostly for any you know, vlogs or any little stories or something like that. It's just, we typically put, like, the fan stuff over there. Now. What I'll be doing today is answering questions from the previous video, like I said, and some from Facebook and some from YouTube. Now, if you wanna get your questions answered, your best bet is to leave them on the Mini Wargaming website. When this video is uploaded, leave your comments down below this. If you're watching this on YouTube, try to go to the Mini Wargaming website, find where it is, it should be right there on the front page, and leave your questions for Steve there, and he will try his best to answer them in a timely manner. I'm gonna try and get through all these questions. There's a good amount, uh, and uh, we'll see where we get. Right, so I guess uh, let, let's begin and get right into it. The first one, there's gonna be a few of these about my hair probably. I've had this hair for uh, almost two months now and I, wa- I want it gone. <laughs> it's going soon. I was waiting for everything to grow long enough so that when I get a haircut, which I should have gotten last month, I typically get my hair cut every uh, couple months or like a month even. Uh, it it, it would have been still like frosted tips, but pink would have been the same in the facial hair. So I wanted just to let it grow even longer and uh, so when I cut it, shave it, all that, it's just gone in one go, and uh, I can just let my hair get ready for the next time it's dyed, which won't probably be a while. I I, tip, I don't have the ambitions for it. If you don't know what the story is, I lost a bet and I decided to double down and do my facial hair as well because at the time it was, ah, whatever, it's still, it's still to this day fun. I just typically forget about it until I see it right across from me, right there in the camera, which I can see on the little screen there. So a little little reminders like that. So the first question here is, uh, from the Black Dow or the Black Doe, D O W. Uh, hey Luca, love the hair and beard. Thank you. Me too. Sometimes. When will we be seeing the Sisters of Battle again? You're right. It has been a long time since I played them, and I don't. It's typically we like to change up how we play the armies here, and every now and then I find an army I like a lot, but I only really like one take on it. So when I play the Sisters of Battle, this might. Not, this is not a competitive take on. This is my preferred play style of them. Uh, I love cramming them all in armored transports and rushing them up the board and have them come out and just melt face. Love it. Absolutely love that play style. That's not the only way to play Sisters of Battle. It's just the way I found I got stuck in playing them. And our Sisters of Battle are painted up as Our Martyred Lady. Uh, one of those... Oh man, I can't remember the term they use for their... It's not a sisterhood, it is a... I a I'm a loss lost words here, I forget. You know, like there's, there's chapters, there's dynasties, there's legions. The Sisters of Battle have houses it's ah oh man it's been a while since I played them so I forget so I typically like to play our Martyr lady and I loved I loved the the super sacrificial martyr character, super killy with the blessed blade and the one warlord they get to reroll rules their strength five they've charged cool it was really a lot of fun playing them I I will play that again it's just I had to change it up a little bit because I was playing the same thing over and over and over again and people albeit people liked it but it would get boring fast. So I wanted to stop before it got too boring. So I will go back and play it. Now. Maybe a little bit. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to look for something to play before the Necron Codex comes out. So you know what? That's a good idea. Maybe I will dabble in the Sisters of Battle. Uh, so maybe in the next month. Maybe in the next month when I get a chance. Uh, no promises on that one, the Black Dale. But. You brought it up, a couple people have asked for it before, and so yes, I will give them a shot. We even have some new models too, technically, but let's be real, I just really like playing with the old stuff, and they are on 25 mil bases now, they're supposed to be on 32 millimeter bases, so there's that issue as well. Uh, possibly piloted by you, thank you, since you were the one who played them when the new Codex came out last year. Ah, it's been that long, eh? Much love, much love. Uh, thanks for all your work, Steve, and you playing Warhammer Fantasy battles is some of the most I've some of the most fun I've had watching battle reports in the past. It is some of the most fun I've had recording battle reports in the past, especially when we're of the same mindset. Sometimes when you go into the game, you're feeling a little competitive. Sometimes you're not, right? And then uh, that rarely happened with fantasy because we would never really feel competitive with fantasy. Fantasy was that kind of game; it was designed to be competitive, so it was very easy to get there. It wasn't. It wasn't elusive, it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna be competitive, but they're not gonna see it. No, it was like so blatantly obvious what you're trying to do when you tried to be competitive. Ah, maybe that's not true in all cases, but at least in our little play group it was. Uh, a lot of the times we, we would just impose house rules on the games too, like it was more fun, like no dispel scrolls this game, or no hordes, nothing bigger than 20 man units, and that was hard to do in 8th edition because everything was so cheap. It was just so easy to build a horde for 25, like try and play 2,500 points, no hordes, it's wild the amount of stuff you have on the table, you just have like 6 units of 20 guys, you have monsters, artillery, it was well worth it, it was the best fantasy ever. Like, it was super fun, it just took a while to play for a fantasy game even. Typically fantasy is a pretty quick game, so it can be a little exhausting. But I would, I typically really enjoyed that stuff. Fantasy was like still my favorite war game. Uh, what edition? Don't really care. I, 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 I lean back and forth. If I play a lot of 6th edition, then I love 6th edition, but then I get bored of it. I'm like, oh, let's go back to 8th edition, because 8th edition is just better if you incorporate some of the 6th edition rules you love, like take out hordes, because that was lame. Uh, steadfast is lame. Uh, the big dumb magic spells, get rid of those. Those are lame. Play with, like, level 2 wizards and nothing higher than a 15 to cast, and then all of a sudden you have a great edition. And, but then unit strength was really good, and the fear was really powerful. Maybe I really, like, missed those things, so... You wanna go back and play those editions of the game. So it's just there, there's no rules that say what edition of what game you have to play. Here I am rambling. Wow. Okay, geez, that was that, that happened a lot quicker than I thought. Anyways, world of story, love fantasy. Next question. This is a Dorn Jr. Luca. As the reigning lord of death at mini war game for Age of Sigma, are you, bam, intentionally passing on Flesh of Courts for now? Good question. Uh I do love Death in all aspects, and I do enjoy the Flesh of Records. Why I don't play them? I can't tell you, I don't, I didn't. So they were initially, when that book first came out, they've since been eroded and have been toned down a little bit. They were busted. They were like, just so out there. And it was like, oh man, I just, you know, I don't really want to play competitive. At the time, I didn't want to play competitive Age of Sigma. I wanted to play kind of silly, goofy. I love death. They come back en masse. They kind of frustrate my opponent. They went through attrition. Whereas the Flesh Eater Courts were a, a much different take on that. Granted, they did have models come back. They had the courtiers who allowed you to bring models back, and that was kind of it. There was the one court that allows you to bring back ghouls, like entire units of ghouls, but it's like only on a 50-50, it was like four up if I recall. It's been a long time since I played them, so any information I'm shooting out right now might not be completely accurate. But they were very hard, aggressive, in your face, trying to take out your opponent before you yourself get taken out. And then there was the, oh, let's see if I can gristle gore. That was the big one with the um it was the command trait of gristle gore which was savage strike i believe it was called where you always like at the beginning of the combat phase you fought first but then they eroded it to you only fight first if you charge which was a completely valued or um valid uh rework of the rule because it was busted before your enemy charges your guy with savage strike well him and his mount fight first and i am flesh of course so I fight again for one command point, and they would just annihilate everything, because every six hit was two hits, the, the the Terror Geist would do flat six mortal wounds on a sixth hit, and then you get to roll the wound on the second one that was an automatic hit, and then that would do D6 damage, and it was it was wild. It was just wildly powerful, and no one liked to deal with it, so they eroded it. Justified. I haven't really played it since then, so maybe I should give it another shot. Uh, I am not trying to intentionally dodge them, I just... When the it's like almost they didn't come out at the right time for me and i had no interest i really like night Hunt. night Hunt is my favorite and if i want to play competitive i have bone reapers so sometimes they can get born because our bone reaper collection is very limited now granted the stuff we have is a lot of the good stuff so that's that's fine but it's hard for me to play casually play bone reapers uh but now i can play petrifax elite with the stalkers and the immortus guard and all that stuff and uh it just kind of makes it and i i could bring the calvary even and that would make sense and it actually is still really good and it's just not as busted and it's fun. So I want to go back and do that, but I, I want more cavalry, uh, for the most part. Alright, number two of this question. Being gracious and letting someone else command the royal court? Oh, this is like, am I letting someone else play it? Uh, not really, because no one else plays it, so. <laughs> no no one likes death here but me. In fact, everyone kind of hates playing against death, so every now and then I have to branch out when people are getting like, Josh right now, I'll be honest, is kind of exhausted of fighting me in death armies because he likes the kind of like, horns down, charge in, and wipe out the opponent, and I typically play armies that that just doesn't work against, and the, that can be frustrating, because there's got to like a rock, paper, scissors, there's always got to be that, like, uh, imperfect, or, it's, I think it's called imperfect balance, where like, one thing is better than something else, but then that thing will crush that thing, which crushes this thing, and it's essentially rock, paper, scissors, but then you can incorporate, like, a bunch of different things on that wheel, like nukes and all that stuff, there's like a, there's a game for that. Anyways, uh, or three, am I scarred for life after the savage beatdown Vito and the, oh yes! The D.O.T., was it Daughters of, Disciples of Zinch, that, oh man, you remember that, you remember that, that was during the pandemic where we uploaded that video too, you mentioned that, yeah, huh, I was a little discouraged after that game, because I remember in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is a pretty competitive army, oh, it got eroded. that's right, I did play them since the errata, I remember that game now, I got crushed, sorry, spoilers here, but it's an old game. Uh, I got crushed by the disciples of Zeech and the flamer build and it was just it was like it was ludicrous how powerful they were. the disciples of Zeech. I just got tabled like right away. Uh, I had my first turn I flew, like he had fewer drops than I did, so he made me go first. I, I, it was a double turn for a shooting army too, so it, was, it wasn't like an every game situation in this regard but, it did happen in this one game and it was a little rough. Uh, we didn't play, I didn't play the Seven That's why I went to the Bone Reapers afterwards and I had a much closer game. So I'm, I think, if I recall, I, this could be wrong, but it was one of those situations where I went first, I moved forward, I got some charges in, did some damage, it was great, and then he shot me with this Flamers, killed 25, 30% of my army. I'm like, yikes, but at least I get to go next. Bam, double turn. He has to go again with a shooting army and then just wiped the floor with me. I had like one unit of ghouls left or something. And I was like, we just played for half an hour, man, and you just tabled me. That was wild. Like, it was, it was like comically bad. I remember that I do remember that specifically. But no, I'm not I'm not trying to avoid the flesh reader courts. And you know what? If You're right, they are underrepresented, and I probably should play them if I am gonna be playing all of death. Legion of Gash is something I've been wanting to play a little bit now too, but they just have been getting every time I play them, they've been getting crushed. The power creep is, is real in Age of Sigmar. I mean just like look at all the armies. Every army is like a ton of wounds, super durable, and everything hits and wounds on threes now with a rend. And like that's I mean, not everything, there's still beasts of chaos, let's be real, but like, you look at Ogres, look at, look, look at Bone Reapers, their battle line, their battle line's wild, it's, it's crazy, it is crazy. Uh, this next question is by Unleashed IV, or LV, one of the two. I know it is Luca next for the sit and talk, but Luca, do you know if Steve is going to be playing the Lumineth or covering them at all? Yes and yes. Uh, working on collecting more of them, but he's also going back to, he is officially, I don't know if he's going to say it, but you can ask him questions on this, this is a great topic for the next Sit and Talk. What are you doing with Deepkin? Because he's going back to the Deepkin, he's, but he's going a Namarti build with Eels as well, so not so much the, is that like, that's pretty much the Deepkin, because what else is there? He's got Namarti, like mostly focused on Namarti, but with some of the Eel Riders. Not so much the Sharks. But I don't think the Sharks were that good. It's good. He's building some good Deepkin again. Bringing them back because playing in-house a lot more now. And it's just, it was a pretty oppressive army to play against back in the day. And this is back when like Legions of gash were like a top tier army with a Deepkin up there. I don't... Like their rules are still great and they're going to perform very well. But they're not going to be as nasty as they used to be. They're going to actually be in a much healthier state uh, in today's Age of Sigmar. But yeah. Uh, so bu- 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 bu, what do we got here, do you know Steve is going to be playing the Lumineth, but he is, so back to the Lumineth, yes, we have some Lumineth, we have out of the starter box, which is I think only like 600 to 650 points, so there's not a lot of flexibility with that, like you can play like a little test game, like here's the Lumineth, ha ha ha, let's have some fun, you got Tharian in there and you have like a, the other non name character and some like, guys with spears and some Calvary and that's that's about it. But we are going to be expanding on that army. I think he's going to be doing it personally. I'm not too sure. But he wants to play them. So yes, I can confirm that. I know he loves Hiles, as do I. But does he like them? Will he play them? Sorry, dude. Couldn't wait for Steve to sit and talk. Man, no problem. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely knowledgeable enough to help you out with this one. He is going to be playing them. He does like them. But he doesn't like some of their aesthetic. He's not a huge fan of... He does, He, for whatever reason, he doesn't like the idea of high elves and hammers, which I, one of the units the Stone Guard have, and they even sound kind of like they're a. Like, why aren't they? Dwar- they sound like a dwarven unit. They're Stone Guard. They have hammers, and they're like super durable. I, I believe is the, the the take on them. And he doesn't like. He likes the pointy helmets, the pointy elves, but at, this, at the same time, he's 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 off put off put by the fact that they have like these weird bull horns on the top of them too. And he says it'd be too heavy it'd off balance them and break their necks or like someone could like grab them in the middle of combat and drag them down you know he's just he's being pessimistic about it he also doesn't like the big battle cattle which whatever it's fine doesn't really it is kind of a weird take on hiles but whatever it is what it is it's just he wanted traditional only elves only horses he wanted like the warhammer fantasy elves and they gave him that but a little bit more there's he could if you wanted to played with all of the old school looking stuff only and still probably performed pretty well with them, But uh, all I know is that giant battle cattle guy is like crazy good. He's kind of expensive, but he hits like a truck. He's, he, he's, he's just, he seems really good. He's just, for a monster, heck yeah. Uh, next question here is mentality. Uh, Please, Luca, take a second and imagine Steve as a techno clown bot, huge rainbow afro, I'm picturing it, giant stunners, shade and shades, an oso chrome complexion and a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, I mean, I got it. I, I picture perfect. I think I got it. Like, is he is he like like a robot man, like painted up to look like a robot, like that chromatic paint look, and he's got an Afro on the shades? And yeah, whatever, you can pull that off. He's had some pretty cool Halloween costumes in the past. You can ask him about those. He loves that. That's funny. All right. Uh, also, tell the truth uh, with predominantly. Large males in an office space have COVID protocols done anything to assist with butt burp odors. (laughs) Or are the powers of some so great that even the vast divide of COVID cannot save one from the terrors of the deep? Now, let me tell you what, the studio ducks are still ever prevalent and they are around uh, (laughs) and they always win. Uh, No, no, that has not stopped any of that nonsense. I always win. Me for whatever reason. I'm gross, sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> next one is uh, Lac-Clan-Clark. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. Lac-Clan-Clark. Oh, I hope this isn't a sh- Shamusel Larry situation again. <laughs> All right, hey Luca, glad to see you're still representing the Night Hunt. Ha- yeah, of course, I love Nighthaunt. One of my favorite death armies. Sorry, I keep looking down. It's, these are like long questions. Any chance we will see you run the Dreadblade Harrow as the general to make use of its taxi service of spectral summits. Oh, that's a good idea. I've, I I I write about that somewhere. I forgot about it. Bam, bam, bam. I've had loads of fun with the combo, and combined with another hero, the pendant of the felwyn really makes nine hundred an ultra fast army. Yeah, because they're, they're they're typically already fast on the run, but when you throw in the pendant, they get dangerous fast. Uh, but keep up all the good work on the bat reps and roll all of the taco cats. Well. I have considered running that. It's just every time I do, I forget. That would be part of a more traditional, like I don't. Say, I'm not going to say that we're competitive, but like it, it would be a, a very effective, very fast list. So what what this individual means is there's a there's a command, uh, not a command trait, but an allegiance ability for Knight Hunt. You spend one command point and you drag a unit to your general. But the Dreadblade Harrow has an abil- built-in ability. If he's not within three inches of an enemy, uh, when he goes to move, he can instead choose to take him off the table where he is and appear anywhere else on the battlefield uh, more than nine inches away from an enemy and then at the end of the movement phase you can take something from the table and drag that with him so he can he can go around and then bring a unit with him. The only problem is he's easy to kill I guess whatever if he, if you're fighting in shooting armies he, bam you can lose your general right away because he doesn't really necessarily hit that hard either, but you're using him for the utility. You give him the Pendant of the Fell Wind as well, and then all of a sudden, they're all over the place, man. They are just crazy all over the place. That would be a cool build, and you could do, if you really wanted to, you could do like, ah, uh, it's if you want to run Hex Rays and stuff, which is the game I played today, which is really fun. You can do the Death Riders, which is my favorite battalion for the Night Nighthaunt. Not, not that it's particularly good, but it's particularly fun. Uh, I could have a lot of fun with that. You know, I'll consider that next time. That would be a lot of fun, and that's a good idea. I'm gonna uh, take a different take on my list, and utilize that, and I think I could have a lot of fun with that. Uh, My Lin is the next question, at Luca, now that the dust has settled and the game is not new, what are your thoughts on Warcry? Well, the dust has settled, Warcry is no longer new. It's a good game. I will say that. And I'm very confident in saying that. It is a lot of fun. It is a great way to get people into Warhammer. It is, you could take people that have no idea how miniature wargaming works, set them down for half an hour, bam, get them into the game. That used to be true for Age of Sigmar back in first edition, and it was innocent at the time too. But the more experienced, the more veteran wargamers were able to break that. Therefore, Games Workshop had to implement a stronger foundation of rules to uh, make that not a thing. You can't teach someone Age of Sigmar in half an hour anymore. I mean, I guess you could if you were to, like, no a bit, Like, it wouldn't be the proper to Sigmar, though. Whereas with Warcry, you could probably take the whole aspect of Warcry in all of its glory and have someone be able to play it, no problem, right away, it's just, bam, you wound on that, you take damage, bam, you move. You, you can do, every model does two things. It, it, like it moves, or it attacks, or it attacks, attacks, or it moves, moves, or it runs away, uses an object, it's pretty basic. It's pretty basic stuff. All the stats are right there on the card. It is a good game for that, but for whatever reason, when like my roommate, Taro, wants to play Warcry, he wants to have like uh, my friend Harris over for Warcry, I'm like, I'm not interested, no thanks, not for me, not for me. I don't, but the second I start playing, I'm like, oh, this game is dope, I love this game, you know? And I, don't, I can't explain that thought process. I never want to play it, but once I'm playing it, yeah, I'm done, I could play this all day, this game is awesome. And it's like, you just, you play a game, it's like 20 minutes super quick, bam, re-rack, play a new game, done. There's just so many different teams in the game, I, and it's always expanding too, and the campaign is pretty fun as well. I read through the campaign. I wanted to do it during COVID times when I was working from home with Tarl, but it never lined up. We had other projects we had to do. I had to record 40K. I had to record Age of Sigmar. Uh, Tarl was working at the same time, so couldn't really do it, but it was cool, and I think Warcry is a good game. It's just I have these weird gripes with it where I don't initially want to play it, but then I'm always down to play it once it comes around. Does that make sense? I don't know. Man, you know what I realized? I never even really timed when I started this. Can't quite see it on the camera either, so I'm just gonna have to guesstimate what an hour might be. In fact, I'm gonna do a little bit of research. I'm gonna pause this for a second. All right, research mission failed. I only have a random guesstimate of what time I started this at. I just don't wanna take up too, I just don't wanna, I don't wanna give you too little. I could, I could do this for two to three hours straight. I just don't wanna give you too little, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. Anyways, next question, uh, Scouting P. Hey Luca, do you have any cats of your own? If so, what are their names? Well, I don't right now. I had one a few years ago, ran away though, when I was out on vacation when I went out to Ireland, and the people watching my cat, the cat got out not their fault, but you know, it's just a sad circumstance. And that cat's name was Skittles the Kitty. Skittles like either the candy or Skittish, so Skittles, the Skittish cat, even with D's instead of Ts, being Canadian, it's pronounced the same way, Skittles Skittles. Skittles are Skittles. The Skittish Skittles because we pronounce double T's or T's in general as D's. When I say more, double T's are D's and single T's are silent. So like instead of saying Toronto, I'll say Toronto. Or I'll say Ottawa instead of Ottawa, right? uh, Like listen to me say water, right? It's not water, water is how we typically pronounce it if, if you're curious on accents. Um, at least that's, in, that's true in Ontario, typically in the west of Canada, in western Canada, in the prairies, in the, mountain, uh, in the mountainous ranges, in BC and Alberta and all that. They typically pronounce things correctly. Correctly. Sorry. Slurred that one a little bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I plan on getting a cat sometime in the future, just not right now. I don't really have the time for it. Not that cats take up a lot of time, but also, not to, not to frown on Tarl or anything, he doesn't like pets, which is fine. Saves me from having to clean up after a cat. It's just, there's something about a cat. And I don't like cats more than dogs. I like them both equally. It's just cats are a lot easier to manage. And, and, but dogs, you get a little bit more out of dogs, maybe. Not in all cases, but in most cases. And when it comes to cats, like there's something about being in a room, a cat is, or same thing with dogs too. If a dog, if you're in a room, hanging out on like a computer or watching TV and like a dog or a cat comes by and it says, you know what, I'll sleep here bam, down they go, instantly more comfortable. You're just like way more relaxed in that room. At least I am, typically. That's what I find with animals. When an animal is comfortable enough to sleep in a room or to chill out in a room that you're also doing that exact same activity in, it's just like 15% better. I'll say 15%. I'll give out that number. And that's probably accurate. But no, I'm, I'll get a cat sometime in the future, but I used to have a cat. name was Skittles, the cat. Uh, my mom called it Skittles, like the, like the like the like being a skittish, as a, as a trait because the cat was like terrified of everything. I just thought it was Skittles like the candy because I thought it was adorable, but they both work. Anyways, next question, Adyok, or Adjok, or A-D-J-O-K. Mr. Luca, when will we be able to see, again, the sisters, all oh, the sisters under my command, okay. Uh, if it would be time to put them in rotation with all the other armies. Yes, you are right, I will play the sisters of battle. I already answered this earlier. Uh, I just, I've been giving them a break and obviously I've given them too much of a break. People are asking from the back. I've even gotten emails about when are you going to play... Th- Sorry, wow, I got the cup. when are you going to be playing the Sisters again? Soon. Soon, I promise. You know what, maybe I'll try and make it work for my next 40k game. I just have to try and remember the rules. It's been so long and they've got a lot of good stratagems, a lot of good rules. Heck, you know what, I actually got a lot more str- I haven't played them since the ninth edition came out, so they have more stratagems now, which I always found suffocated me a little bit because I love the stratagems so much, they're so fun. Exorcists, oh, they're so good. All right, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. All right, I am... Okay, here we got O Seven. 7 I read the first sentence. It already seems very similar. Uh, but, but, hi, Luca. As a resident death player of War wargaming, I'm glad to see you play Nihon a bit more recently. I know they currently are suffering from the power creep, but they just look so good. You are very right on both of those. If you could update them in any way, what would you change to make them more competitive? Ugh, they just don't have any hitting... Like, in, in, a, in a world... like. Believe me when I say they don't have hitting power, they do not have hitting power. Compared to the newer armies out there, they could take a hit, they could take a licking. But, it's just the problem is, when you look at a lot of the competitive... If you're trying to speak strictly from a competitive standpoint, there are just some armies out there that have so many attacks that hit so efficiently, wound so efficiently. Not that the Ren matters against Nighthaunt. But, there's just so much efficient damage sources coming out. Or, like, a lot of access to good power for more wound abilities. Nighthaunt just don't have the hitting power to stand up to that. They have the staying power. But, these other armies have staying power as well. Like, look at... Hearthguard Berserkers, they have a 4-up armor save, they can get to a 3-up armor save, and they have a 4-up to shrug off wounds and mortal wounds while new heroes. Uh, you look at uh, Mortech Guard from Bone Reapers, these are armies I'm familiar with, there's other examples as well. Like, Ogres are relatively cheap for the amount of wounds they have, you can think Magikin are super durable, just Hunt seem durable on paper, but not quite, you know, they just have a 4-up save in... 5-up in some cases, but mostly a 4-up save across the board. They can't be modified, sure, but that's just a 4-up save. You look at, like, Mortec Guard that have a 3-up save if they're Mortis Praetorians with Catachros, and that's rerollable. And then they have a 6-up to follow up after that. And then if they're near a um, a Gothazar Harvester, which is the monster, they whenever a model dies within 3 inches of them, you have a 4-up chance to bring that model back, essentially. And it's just... How do you beat that? Like, How do you beat a 3-up into a 4-up? Or how do you beat with two wounds each to boot on the, on the Hearthguard Berserkers? Or uh, I, I don't follow the competitive scene too, too, too much for Age of Sigmar. But I, I know it's durable, I know it's good just by playing here, and you know, it's, it's hard to compete with that. Nighthawn are fast, and they're kind of durable, but they don't hit hard. You know, there's like three things, you're fast, you hit hard, or you're durable. And a lot of armies have a good strong showing of two of those things. Like they're either durable and they're fast, or they're fast and they, they hit hard, or they hit hard and they're durable. Like the Bone Reapers aren't the fastest, but they're kind of fast. And, they're, you know, and then even so, these competitive armies are like a little bit of the third thing. Whereas like 900, like they're fast and they're durable. They can be kind of durable, but they just don't really hit hard. They could, like sure, you could, you could argue some units are really good, like, um, I can't think of them off the top of my head. Maybe you could theoretically get really good with like Frightful units and just roll nothing but sixes. Nothing could be bad. They have two, three attacks each and you roll only sixes. Yeah, it's just like a squad of 10 Hex Rays or like 10 Spirit Hosts. 10 Spirit Hosts have 60 attacks. They all roll sixes. That's 60 more wounds to get off my table, right? But there's just better things. Like I even discovered something really cool with Magikin. I don't know if it's actually really that great, but you put on Marauders. You give them Putrescent Vitality. Not Putrescent Vitality. Well, you do give them Putrescent Vitality. They have two Marauders. Uh, they have a 5 level rollable save, which is whatever. That's nothing to cry home about. But 2 Wound Marauders is huge. And then you give them plus 1 to hit. You give them the power uh, Blades of Putrefaction from the Magikin book. And every six, every, at that point, every 5 plus the wound is a more wound in addition to its normal damage. And they have Ren 1 on their attacks. And they, pretty much, they, they, uh, they can't. The lowest charge, and their minimum charge is an 8. No matter what. When they charge, it's wild. Like, it's a wild unit. It's crazy. Absolutely nuts. Um, but they need more heading power. I think Nighthaunt need more heading power and that's pretty much it. They already have speed in abundance, so you don't need to change that about them. They have fly everywhere. That is their biggest strength. Nighthaunt's biggest strength, speed and fly everywhere, and that is strong. That is very strong. Hard for people to deal with in a lot of cases if you're playing Nighthaunt properly, but they don't have staying power at all. They need more staying power. They don't need to hit harder, but they need to be more durable or they need to hit a little bit harder so that they're not stuck in combat for long. Nighthaunt, for whatever reason, lose attrition battles. Being a death army, and that is not a good trade for Nighthaunt. Hunt. Now, not now, I agree. Not every army needs to win attrition battles, but Nighthaunt, Hunt they they don't really do durability or offense too well at all, and they need one of those two. I would take either one. Uh, maybe like uh, it might be heresy to say it, but like bump their ethereal saves to three up. That would help a lot, or maybe make it a four up and. It's just the only problem with the ethereal save is it's annoying. People look at that and they think overpowered when it's really just annoying. It's not overpowered; it's just a four-up save that ignores ren. So people think, "I buy this unit; it's got ren too. It's so good." But it's just I'm wasting points because you're ethereal. It's annoying to be, for people play against. So people look at it and they think, "Ugh, obnoxious." But it's it's not as good as it seems, right? It doesn't have this. It doesn't have. It's cool. It's thematic, and it's annoying, but it's not the best, right? They're, they're, they're lacking in some regards. Uh, they have okay command traits. They have okay relics. Uh, they don't really have any like legions. Not that they need that. They're battalions or whatever. They're okay. It, it's just it's an old book that came out when 2nd Edition came out. So it's kind of suffering from codex creep. It's just it is, just, it is what it is, right? It's, it's still super fun to play. And you can play up, you can play down. In my opinion, it's in a good spot because it kind of hovers in the middle. Will it play competitive? No. Can it play down? Yes. Can it play up? Yes, of course. I've got a couple lists that I've been very successful with with Nine Hunt. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, now I guess we'll go to the next question though, uh, because what I would change about them is just increase their durability or increase their offense, or increase both a little bit more. Maybe maybe they're designed to be in that, they, they're kind of good at defense, they're kind of good at offense, but they're just not really, compared to, comparatively to other armies. Random Roy, three days ago, all right. Hey Luca, I have two questions for you. The first one, I have young children. Oh, three of them, okay. <laughs> I thought it said 7.7 and 9. I'm like, wow, that is so incredibly accurate on the one child's age. It's like the one exactly turned 9. No, 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 7, 7, and 9. So are they twins? Or are they just kind of... That's kind of cool. So you have three kids, 7.7.9, And they often want to build and paint as well. Games Workshop models are super expensive. Yes. Uh, do you have any recommendations for similar slash cheaper variants that I can get... To paint for them, so I get them to paint with and model with a Cheaper, well, pretty much any other war game out there is going to have lesser quality. They're 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 cheaper because they're lesser quality. Uh, it's 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 not a hundred percent true. So please take what I say here with a grain of salt. But there are cheaper, lower quality models out there. I'm not going to say any companies because I don't want to like I don't want to sound sour about them, but. I would say typically look at any other war game and they are gonna have cheaper models en masse. Now, if you're thinking like you want the cheapest stuff, it's, oh, it's not really. I was gonna say what could be fun for your kids is to have them design something on Hero Forge and they can design the model themselves and Hero Forge will print it out for you and well, they'll sell it to you and they will ship it out to you. Now, if you have a 3D printer, this might be not the cheapest option either because like the, the material for the 3D printer isn't always the cheapest. You could, they sell the files to you so you can design the model and they'll sell the file to you and you can then print that file with your 3D printer. That might be a fun idea. It's not necessarily the cheapest, but it would be fun because your kids get to design their own models and then paint them up however they want. And that's Uh Now, cheap options. Uh, bah, 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 well, you could buy I would just say check out other war games that interest you or interest the kids. Games Workshop is definitely, you can, lots of people have started with Games Workshop but back in the day when their, their models were a lot more basic. Now, take a look at things like uh, Modern Death Guard for 40K or Nighthaunt even, or well, I guess Nighthaunt's not a good example, but like anything modern and Nurgle is super complex. A lot of pieces, a lot of things going on. You could have, um, Secondhand stuff, you can buy secondhand stuff that is not like built, but not painted, or not used. And typically that goes for pretty cheap. So if you want to go to like, well, whatever secondhand websites you would use nearby you, like eBay or Kijiji, anything like that, you could grab someone else's army that they're just kind of done with, they want to get rid of, then you'd have a large collection of things they could paint and get better at painting with. But that would be a large investment probably, so that's not what you're looking for. I can't think of any names, but there's there are just so many websites out there that just sell, like, even knockoff models of Games Workshop. Like, like I do know, it's, it's very obvious what they're trying to do, right? They're not, they're not naming it Games Workshop stuff, and it, it, is, it is legally distinct enough to not be Games Workshop stuff, but if you're looking for things that are specifically Games Workshop looking, well, there's lots of websites out there for that. Um... I can't. I, I apologize. I can't think of anything off my name, but maybe the Hero Forge idea is a good one because that is creative and fun. They get to, they get to both design and then paint their own models. So that's a different take on that. It's about ten dollars Canadian per model. So for American, that's like probably six fifty seven dollars per model, seven fifty even. That's not too bad. Maybe that's a, I mean, when you compare that to Games Workshop models, it's about the cost per model. Cause if you look at like intercessors, I think it's like 70 bucks for 10 intercessors. So therefore that's Canadian. So that's like $7 per model right there. So that's not really a great example, but it's even more expensive even technically. Cause I think it's like 50 American. So it's like $5 American per model, which we like that. Uh, ah, hopefully that helps. I apologize if I, if I wasn't as helpful as you're hoping. But the second question, this is more of a suggestion. Please do a look of the Dice where you roll for a random Space Marine Legion trait every turn, every turn. Oh, so I'd play like a generic, I just like, I bring whatever Chaos Space Marines, but my Legion trait changes every turn, like just, comp- your name's Random Roy, so. <laughs> Something tells me you like random aspects of games. Uh start out with only using units available to all armies and then each turn you get a new Legion trait and are able to use a Legion specific stratagems. I said please, so you have to do it. <laughs> random Roy, signed RR, Random Roy. I said please, so I had, okay, this is something that, if I remember, this is something Dave would be very down to do. Dave and I could just both play like generic, kind of whatever, Chaos Space, Marine Legions, I'd whip out the Wardbears, like the ward bears are painted as ward bears, but you can play them as whatever, right, um, Dave, yeah, Dave would be the most down to do that. So if I remember, and it'd just be a nonsensical game, but I, I could do that with Dave. He will he'd at least be the have Steve would probably be down for it too. I mean, heck, I mean, everyone would be down for it, but Dave might be the most down for it. Next question is by Zuel. 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 I'll say. At Luca, I'm starting Age of Sigma. Has a lot of Age of Sigma related questions. With Legions of Grief, that is uh, a Nighthaunt Legion, kind of like Legions of Gash, but with Nighthaunt stuff in it. Our local gaming store is pretty casual with Age of Sigma and air on the side of allowing stuff that is legally ambiguous. And I notice you always play a bunch of Nighthaunt. Why do you always go for playing them as strictly Hunt or playing them as Legion of Grief? <laughs> Why? Why do you think are some must-haves for unison characters when playing Legion of Grief? Oh, man, I am a bad person to ask for this question. Because I played Legion of Grief when it first came out. I don't even remember what publication Legion of Grief was in. It has been so long since I played them. And I, I, I at least remember them. I remember them. Are they better than Nighthawk? I remember... It being a question of, are these guys just better Nighthaunt? And I don't remember what the answer was. It's a different way of playing Nighthaunt. The allegiance abilities were just very different. And I'm pretty sure Lady Olinda was still the Mortark of the Legion of Grief. So, we still had that. And it listed what you could add into it. I am bad for this question because I will not be able to tell you that much about the Legion of Grief unless... I go out and find that publication and do a little bit of quick research and familiarize myself with the Legion of Grief yet again and give you my quick on the spot opinion on them. So I all of a sudden exactly remember what the Legion of Grief is. Legion of Grief is literally just an extra Legion that is pretty much added to the Legions of Nagash, but it allows you to, and this includes Lady Olinda as the Mortark, so if you bring a Mortark, it has to be Lady Olinda, and she has to be your general. You lose your Legion's abilities from Nighthaunt, which is Wave of Terror, which is amazing, but it's super unreliable. You lose the Underworld capability of Deep Striking, and you lose the Spectral Summons, where you can drag units to your general. Uh, But you pretty much keep Deathless Spirits and Aura of Grief, which is subtract one from Bravery. You also gain access to Gravesites and putting things in the Gravesites to summon up, and the Command ability, Endless Legions which will allow you to bring back a completely destroyed summonable unit. Now, are these trade-offs worth it? These are more, so the nice thing with the Legion of Gash things are they're more guaranteed. Wave of Terror being very powerful, also unreliable. It's uh, unlikely to roll a 10 plus on 2D, 2d6. It's actually like a one in six, essentially. I'm pretty sure the math comes up to a one in six on that. So it's pretty much like rolling a six. So you know how great rolling a six abilities can be. Uh, so a 10 plus on a charge, ideally, ideally kind of the same. Uh, so these are more reliable abilities, it's very nice, and looking at the command traits and everything, the only real good command trait is Vassal of, like, Ameth- like Amethyst Glow is cool if you don't have a wizard in your army already, because there's only, but if you have a wizard, there's no point in giving him this command trait, cause there's... unless it's a wizard with a good built-in spell already, like Spectral Lure, I suppose, so for the command traits, Amethyst Glow and Vassal of the Craven King are not bad, but uh, but they're whatever. None of these command traits scream, oh my gosh, I mean, the, in fact, the only thing that really seemed good to me here are two of the artifacts, the Gothazari Mortuary Candle, subtract one from hit rolls from missile weapons. That stacks well with Luckhouse, sir. If you have a smaller general, uh, like a Knight of Shrouds or a Knight of Shrouds on Steed or whatever it is you may be, so with negative two to hit from shooting attacks keeps him pretty safe, that's okay. The Gravesand gem is also all right. Every hero phase, you can pick You can deal a mortal wound to an enemy hero within six, or heal yourself for one wound. That is not a bad artifact of power, but it's like, there's better ones. The Pendant of the Fell Wind from Nighthaunt is outstandingly good. Like, real good. And I like Midnight Tome as well for Wizards, because they have a more expanded lore. When it comes to this lore here, for the the Lore of Sorrows for the Legion of Grief, the only really good spell is Dread Withering. You subtract one from the, uh, you choose, it's easy to cast on a five, it's long range as well, 18 inches. You pick that enemy unit and they reduce their save characteristic by one obviously not good against night haunt but it's it pretty much gives rent to all of your attacks or stacks rend on your attacks like that is a very powerful spell i really like dread withering whereas whale of doom and shroud of terror they both cost on an eight and they effectively do nothing because they're both random and they might not work and it's just i don't like stuff like that so dread withering is a very good spell um honestly i just think i i would get a lot more so the, the legions ability battle traits are more reliable. You would typically get more out of them, but I think you're getting, I personally, like initially, but you also have more to add to your army. I, I read, as I was looking at some information, I did read a couple of interesting posts, people opinions on like, when Legion of Nagash initially came out, it was kind of like a free people, where it was a quick hodgepodge way to throw a bunch of the models they don't quite know what to do with yet into one collective book. And give, and it turns out they were really powerful when they initially came out, like, all of the summoning, uh, Endless Legions was very powerful command ability, very, like, oppressive to play against. Now it's not so bad because, like, 40 skeletons are just incredibly easy to kill now. You can just, like, go in, take them out, and you bring them back for a command point, well, they're just dead again. Right? It actually takes, like, next to no effort to kill that many skeletons, uh, unfortunately. That's just kind of, like, the direction the game's gone in now. And the, uh, like, what was the, what was the initial question? Like, what would you build hero-wise and all that? Oh, man. What do you think are some of the must-haves for Unislash characters in playing Legion of Grief? Well, they can take Deadwalkers, which are zombies. They can take Death Lords, which are the Mortarks. They can take Death Mages, which are Necromancers. Death Rattle, which is Skeletons. Or Nighthaunt. So they can't take blights I specifically really like the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. I think it's an excellent model. The three-up save, which is really nice. Ethereal Namely doesn't exist anymore, thank goodness, it was an awful relic. Um, don't know, I just, I'm not inspired by the Legion. This is why I typically didn't play, I don't want to disappoint you, but I'm not inspired by the Legion of Grief right now. I would think I would, like I'd put i I'd for sure put a Necromancer or two in there because that they have Deathly Invocation that would help bring back more guys. I would do, I'd probably do uh, initial thoughts. Guardian of Souls with Spectral Lure, Get, bringing back, um chainrass poured as a good battle line and then you'd have necromancers bring back more chainrass poured because they'd be a more durable skeleton which is harder to get rid of so you have a couple of necromancers giving them d3 guys back again and then you can don hell's dance macabre with them you can give them an extra attack you'd have plus one to wound i think that's the if, if i had to do a knee-jerk reaction and build a legion and grief list right now it would be a couple of necromancers uh, with one would have Dread Withering for sure. The other one, maybe it'd just be one Necromancer. I'm not too sure. It would have at least one Necromancer. No, I'd have it have a couple of Necromancers. one for Dread Withering and one for uh Boundhouse Dance Macabre. And then I'd also have a Spirit Torment and a Guardian of Souls in there. Uh, the Guardian of Souls would give things plus one to wound the Spirit Torment, would reroll Heroes of One, and then the Spirit Torment would just be there for Spectral Lure, mostly to bring back even more of your um, what are they called? chainrass poured and then the grave sites would pour more into them so you'd have a lot of staying power with your chainrass poured i think would be a good idea but then you need something hard hitting right uh your chainrass poured with plus one of wound rerolling wound rolls of one uh re-rolling hit rolls of one fighting twice and then you could give them an extra attack or plus one to hit with knight of shrouds nearby which depends if you want the foot one or the mountain one there is some potential there but i just don't think it's got a lot of killing power if you could stack something on there that allowed them to do wounds or something on sixes to wound, that'd be great. I think that's typically the direction I would end up going. Oh, this is where it included Mercenaries. That's why I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I just, I think that's my initial knee-jerk reaction. Then I would just build on that with whatever. I'd probably play with Lady Olinder because she's actually pretty good. Actually, I might use her, no, I'd use her and a Guardian of Souls. The only problem is Lady Olinder wouldn't have access to the Night Haunt lore. Which is a lot better than the Lore of Sorrows because they have like Shade Mist and uh, Soul Cage and all really good spells like that. Uh, so it's, it's it's a tough call, but if you really want to go with Legion of Grief, I definitely include a Necro. Like, I typically play a. Uh, I wouldn't use Skeletons, but I would use Graveyard because I think they have a lot of potential hitting power, mm-hmm. even though they're very easy to kill. <sighs> and I would do. Uh, I'd pretty much typically play a Night Haunt list with some Graveyard and. Maybe, probably not even skeletons. I have seen no reason to bring skeletons in there when you have access to a much more flexible. I mean, I guess you could bring train wrath support in any legion technically because they got FAQ'd that way. Oh, but like the only difference is you could add like blade geist revenants and grim gas reapers and all of that stuff. And you could, I mean, grim gas reapers can go in legion of the gash anyways. It's, it's tough, it's just weird. It's just like the legion of grief. I'm, I'm not sold on it, I don't know why. But, like, the, the only thing I really like with uh, the Legion of Grief is that it can, it, it can include more Nighthaunt stuff. But the real good Nighthaunt stuff, you can already kind of put into a Legion of Magash army, at least in my opinion. But this spell, Dread Withering, is really good. So, I don't know. I'm sorry I'm not much more helpful than that, but that's my initial... And, like, is it going to stick around? I wouldn't be surprised to see if they reprint a Legion and Gash book, they have Legion and Grief in there, or like they'll lump it in with the Nighthawk book. I'd expect better, cooler things for death coming. Like, look at Bone Reapers. Very cool Death Army. Fleshy Court's kind of the same way. So give them more time and they'll make the other death armies kind of in that regard as well. Uh, this next one is also from Myelin. I feel like I just answered a question from I did. Warcry. Who's the Warcry game? Alright, Mylin, let's get another one in. I'm actually kind of running out of time I still have 8 million okay I'm going to try and go through these quickly I guess jeez guys I'm sorry I, I put a lot of time into that question there alright if you were to assign a special rule from Warhammer Fantasy to each content producer to represent them what would you pick for each at the end of the question I left my thoughts but would be curious on yours before you read mine okay um, bah, 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 bah. so special rules I would go Steve would be stubborn Josh would be stubborn um, Dave would be stubborn uh, Cullen would be content producers, oh, I'm calling it this one. I'm trying to remember all the fantasy rules now. Pfft, hate Cullen would be hatred of bad dice. <laughs> um, uh, or Steve could be... Like, I'm frenzy for sure. Like, without a doubt, frenzy. When it comes to wargaming, heck yeah. like I just wanna go forward. Uh, uh... I think... Matt would like to be lore master, maybe. Just cause he's so broad, like, like a broad spectrum of like knowledge in general, of like all the random different armies. It's, it's that's a tough one. I like, I like the stubborns on everyone else. So that's a good fit. Let's see what you got here. All right. Uh, I'm hatred, Castellan robots. Oh yeah, you know what, 100% that too. Like, uh, but Steve more so. Steve hates him more than I do, but I'm, I, I typically voice it on camera more. Steve is a large target, I <laughs> got him. Josh is stubborn. Heck yeah. Dave, one bat short of a. Yep, that one bat. So that's one bat short of a belf, Belfry? Belfry? I never know how to pronounce that. But that is the rule Conrad von Karstein has because he's nuts. Dave is very nuts. Now, I'll spoil it. He's a little more tame when he's off camera, but he can be stubborn too. And then, Matt Loremaster, nice. That's the one I killed. I got that one right. All right, next question. Oh, why is this one got to be so long? <laughs> Griff Gang. I got a couple questions to throw at you, but first I want to say that I am so happy I became a Vault member after all these awesome watching the content on the channel. Of course, I mean, that's got me too, right? That's what they, they got me with that. Started watching years ago when I was getting into middle school, back when Dan was your player. I, I specifically watched at the time, like, only Dan, because I thought I loved Dan. I thought Dan was awesome. And now that I have the chance, I'm glad I can give back to the team. Awesome. Appreciate it. With that said, my question time. I got 10 Lich Guard with shields a catacomb Command Barge, and a Doomsday Arc, and 20 more warriors after getting the Indominus box. I was wondering what you would recommend getting to flesh out the army further in the year after the new releases in October. Well, I mean, anything I say is probably gonna be invalidated to come October, but two Doomsday Arc's are awesome. I personally love them. Absolutely need Royal Wardens, one or two in there. Um, and then the rest, man, it's up to you. Like, whatever troops you prefer, they're all crap right now, I'll be honest. Like, Immortals, warriors, they're all crap. Like um, disagree with me all you want. They have no staying power. It is so easy to beat Necrons on an objective game. You just kill the scare. You kill anything fast off, and then you kill the troops because they are not hard to kill. It is so easy to wipe out a squad of 20 Immortals, or sorry, 20 Necron warriors, or t- um, 10 Immortals. So troops go with whatever you want. I am personally thinking Immortals are going to be showing a lot of strength. But at the same time, Necron Warriors are going to have so much reanimation capability. So I'm hard pressed between the two of them, but I think Immortals are going to be better because if whatever call from the spoilies, it looks like, not official spoilies, but like kind of, it looked like two wounds and a toughness five. Was it two wounds or was it just toughness five? Heck, just toughness five alone. I know, I remember it was toughness five, but toughness five alone, outstandingly good upgrade on them. They definitely needed that for sure. Um, I would say Doomsday Arcs and I would say Royal Wardens, troops, don't care. You can go. You go wrong with either one, but you kind of need them because you want command points, right? And typically everyone wants troops. I was wondering what you would recommend getting to flesh out the army. I am not much into the older resin models or the old destroyers. Uh, Destroyers are pretty good as long as you have a Royal Warden. And with COVID, I am playing against Space Marines and Tau at home as well. It's a tough one. Space rings. Well, I mean, inherently, Necrons have always been kind of good against Space Rings, even nowadays. As long as the Necrons don't get dummied right away. Necrons, like, destroyers and tomb blades and, like, all the strength... Like, it's, like, a lot of strength 5, high AP capability, which is great against Space Marines because they're typically strength 4, right, and then giving them high AP. It's just, like, the, it's, like, the perfect efficiency for, like, strength to AP to point ratio, in a way. Um, Going to be selling off my orcs that I started... This is another part. That I started collecting years ago. I know the paint jobs are not absolute worst, but they are not good by most standards. I won't go into details about the Force, but would you recommend selling the whole lot in one sale, or from your experience of selling unit by unit going to be better? Ah, uh, for selling models, and uh, that's all up to you. Do you want fast cash right now to sell the whole lot for dirt cheap? Get, get rid of it. Cool. Um, typically, it all depends on, it's just like almost like pure random luck. I've had, I've, I mean, personally, I've had luck selling entire armies just because we won't if we buy and build a paint an army, we're not going to piecemeal it unless we want to sell individual models. Like, we're like when the new stuff comes out, we're probably gonna be selling a Void dragon when it comes out, or like, um, or uh, the silent king, right? We'll sell those individual stuff because people will probably want those on an entire necron army. They probably already have a necron army, but we might sell a whole necron army too. I would say try and sell it in one lump go, and if you don't care, if it's a little bit cheaper, then what you bought it for, then it'll probably go for pretty easy. There's always people out there looking to get a deal. Uh, but, you'll, but you'll get more money if you sell it individually, but that takes a lot longer and then it'll be harder progressively over time as you have less of a stock to sell, right? Like if you have one truck left to sell, who's gonna, no one's gonna probably wanna buy one truck, right? Uh, and then for what I'd, and then for Necrons, I definitely recommend 2 Doom's Day 1000%. I have a, uh, then you could have an overlord with them, giving them both plus one to hit. And then that can be pretty devastating, at least until October. But by the time you like watch this video, or by the time you actually get your hands on that stuff, I'd say October's gonna be around the corner. So why don't you just recommend, I recommend waiting until the codex comes out. I'm gonna do a review of it after get my hands on it. And I'll be able to give you a little more insight then. We have another question. Uh, Brandon Montgomery, hey, you guys are awesome. And thanks so much. What are your preferred toppings on your pizza? I personally, I, I can go for a meat lover, shirt, sure. That's fine. That's my, the typical go-to in the my group of friends. I personally love like goat cheese or extra cheese or and like sauce, like hot sausage on there, uh, pepperoni, bacon slices. I love green olives too. Pretty much any combination of that, just like extra cheese and olives and meat, salt, cheese and meat. Can't go wrong there. It's my favorite. Uh, McDonald's. Hey Luca, greetings from the magnificent Mitten, Michigan. The Michigan called the Magnificent? Mid? I didn't know that. I have a couple of questions for you. Take your pick on one or both, if any, for your sit and talk video. First, how do you think the Necrons will fare once the codex drops? I am hopeful they will be much better than they are right now. They kind of dropped the ball on them for 8th edition. They're kind of, well, that's not true. Just the nature of the edition and the killing potential kind of made reanimation protocols, bleh. Now, if you're, if you're fighting against the that don't have a lot of killing power for whatever reason, then you're gonna be great. You're gonna do great you're never going to lose anything, but most lists are just going to beat you down senseless, and it's just real sad to experience. I'm thinking I'm very hopeful, especially with the toughness increases that it looks like on the Immortals. The biggest weakness right now is how non-durable our, nor I should say or non-existent our troops are. Every time I play them, I always lose all my troops right away, uh, even if I try to hide them, I give my Immortals a 2-up save. I even had them at a 1-up save one game recently, with Reclaim a Lost Empire for Nihilok and they just still got dummied right away. And it's just like, what do I do? <laughs> like, how do I make this work? And it's just, it's just so hard. You pretty much have to just hide them on of line of sight and not shoot with them. And hopefully they just stay on objectives long enough. But then why are you paying points for all these big, you're better off just buying five band squads of Immortals and just hiding them behind line of sight on objectives. And then that way you pay your troop tax and you're not paying too much for troops. Uh, With the release of the score pack Destroyers and the buff to the Triarch Praetorians, I think this will be a shooty army that will be able to hold their own while maintaining control of an objective. Also, so my idea, my hope is that attrition-based objectives start showing up more in Eternal War missions or in these competitive mission packs. That way, Necrons will have a better potential because right now the game, the name of the game is speed and hiding potential. Get to an objective, hide behind something. The name of the game, Warhammer, right now is not kill stuff. It is Do not lose your models or sacrifice your models to slow your opponent down and stay on objectives. All that matters is staying on objectives and staying in the quarters of the table and not being seen. That is the name of the game of 40K right now. I'm hoping it goes in a more attritional based game and where movement won't matter as much. Movement should matter, but it shouldn't be the name of the game in my opinion uh ba-ba-ba-bum. also a request assuming you'll be getting the silent king model when it is released i'd love to see a bat rep where you use it in a list i of course will use the silent king in probably many battle reports at first when we get it built and painted i am very excited for the return of our king i'm probably going to stick with my Tech dynasty i am going to be expanding on it right now i've gotten the and gotten in the habit of painting them again so that's nice i've, I've got my rays finished finally from Forge forgebane that took forever I painted everything else from Forge Band a while ago, but it's the race I didn't really want or need, but now I have them. Uh, second is related to Crusade. I am a huge fan of what you and your team at Mini Wargaming has put together in regards to the Path of Glory with the introduction of in Chaos, or Crusade 9th edition. Will you guys be putting together a Crusade campaign? Now, Matthew has already done a narrative campaign with a uh, Check it out. I cannot remember what it's called because I'm bad but it is involving black templar and sisters of battle and it does have some crusade elements in it but i would love to do a traditional out of the box crusade campaign with my co-workers here mini wargaming and that will probably happen sometime soon in the future next question k K K this is what you need to keep track of 40k scores oh yeah it's uh i'm familiar with this it's a score scoreboard on the ball it's just uh people want us to show more score uh we could do this uh we're gonna we're gonna be working on that we're gonna be putting something up on the wall so we can just show you on the camera what the scores are but we've been vocally telling you now at the end of every battle round uh to give you some ideas of that it's just typically a lot of us are like a lot more old we're, we're kind of old school in the way so we have to adapt to it but it's just, scoring usually happened at the end of the games right so it didn't really matter what you did you just try and hammer your opponent and then grab objectives at the end or you, you would try and push up to an objective early and hold it as well but now it's just it's more about the name of the game has completely changed like i said earlier it's just get to an objective and, or, and die, and then send another unit on objective, die, send another unit on that objective, and die. You don't even, like, you could, you could build a list that has no killing in it at all, if it's all mobility and hiding potential, you'll probably win, most of your games. And, it's not the best, but whatever, it is what it is. Uh, next question is, the darkest Luka Luka, Luca, as a recent convert to the Father of Plagues, I'm loving 9th edition Death Guard content so far. Oh man, they are so good for 9th edition right now. Well, I mean, they were good, they were good when they got Web of Lies but they're also really good in 9th edition. But it typically it's Poxmongers, but there's other potential builds, but typically it's Poxmongers. Any tips for collecting Death Guard in 9th edition? Favorite model rules? Uh, favorite model rules-wise currently? Obviously going to change with a new codex, but some background. I have the Death Guard models from Dark Imperium and First Strike, as well as the unit, each of Blightlord and Deathrought Terminators. Additionally, I just picked up a box of Plague Marines in order to be able to field a squad of two Blight Launchers, two Multiguns, and two Plasma Guns with Power Fists on the champions, as well as to start stocking up a Bobonic axes and Flails. Thoughts on MSU squads and transports versus larger foot, logging slogs. I definitely prefer MSU. I like to do, you can do, if you want to keep it cheaper, you do five. You have two plasma, or sorry, two blight launchers, two flails, and a champion with whatever you want to put on them. And you throw it in a rhino. And you can put two squads of five in a rhino. I like seven, because of that narrative, like the father of Nurgle, or sorry, the number of Nurgle, the grandfather's number. Uh, and then you have a couple of ablative wounds in there too, which is nice, so you can kind of pop off a couple of uh, bolt guns in there. Unless you want to give them axes, you can do that too. It's just a little more pricey to do that. Uh, I just, and then that, but then you're buying extra rhinos, but MSU is typically the way you want to go. Um, oh, maybe there is some value in doing the ablative wounds on the extra couple models as well. I would recommend picking up plague burst crawlers or defilers for poxmongers. Those are performing very well, but who knows what happened in a Death Guard change. I would absolutely love if Death Guard get access to a, oh, what's his name? Lord of, it's the, the tech guy, the, oh, why can't I remember him? He's in Chaos Space Screens right now. He rides the big Spider Walker guy. You guys know what I'm talking about. The guy who gives all demon Engines plus one to hit. That guy would be nuts if Death Guard had access to him. He would be so powerful from the Poxmongers. I would love to see Death Guard get access to that guy. And then you're looking at something truly terrifying. But I would recommend getting uh, some Plague Burst Crawlers. I like three squads of Plague Marines. In Rhinos, with Blight Launchers and Flails. You cannot go wrong with that. And then you want to play Poxmongers typically, and you want to get some Nurgle Demons in there too. If you are talking very effective, because again, the name of the game is hiding and starting on objectives right away, Nurglings do it the best in the game. Nurglings are probably one of the most powerful units in the game as of right now, because the way the game is played right now, if the nature of the game changes, then so will my opinion on Nurglings. But I think a lot of people out there agree with me, Nurglings be good. Be real good. Next question, Jumelen, Mulen with a J at the beginning. Luca, hope you're doing well. I am. Always a fan of your bat reps, thank you. What are you hoping to see in the ninth edition Death Guard and Necron codexes? No, it's a good question. I got a lot of talking points on this one. Death Guard, I actually have no idea. Oh, Lord of, man, what is his name? Lord of, Ugh, I can't tell you, man. I just, you guys know what I'm talking about. I would love to see him in the Death Guard codex. Absolutely, probably too powerful, probably not gonna happen, but maybe it will. Uh, The Death Guard stratagems are kind of like there's good ones, but there's like three. They need more. They literally have like no stratagems. I would love to. Okay. Wow. I am a fool. I forgot about Web of Lies. I mean like, okay, they have a lot of stratagems now and they are very good. So I immediately take back what I said about that. I forgot about that. I was thinking only of the Codex. I assume a new Codex would incorporate the stratagems from War of the Spider. If I said War of Lies earlier, I meant War of the Spider. I, I don't have a lot of... A, I am actually very happy with the position Death Guard are in right now. Uh, combining them with Nurgle Deems, I think they're very good. Necrons, they need a lot. They need better troops. And more Their troops have excellent... I'm fine with the weapons on the troops. I would like to see a stratagem, though, for Gauss weaponry against vehicles. Again, Gauss weapons against vehicles used to be the end-all, be-all. Necrons were the best anti-armor army in the game, hands down. I would love to see them go back in that regard. I don't care how obnoxious it is. I want that back. That is one of the main reasons I got into the army. They were just, you could bring, you never needed to bring anti-armor. You would just bring Necron Warriors and they would cry. I remember one time, unfortunately, I, I remember playing against the guy who was playing Imperial Knights in 7th edition and he popped him down. I was playing Necron. I was like, you sure you want to do this, man? You know, it's going to be a rough game. He's like, oh whatever. It's no big deal. Like, how many sixes could you possibly roll? <laughs> oh, man. That was a rough game for that guy. <laughs> that was a rough game. I would I would like to see maybe even something tame like Papa One CP Stratagem, uh, whatever you call it, whatever. And it's just every time you roll, like um, Gauss weapons always wound vehicles on a four up, and it is like AP super high, or it does a mortal wound in addition to its. For every four up you wound a vehicle, you do a mortal wound in addition to the normal damage. I would love to see something like that, and that is not at all powerful compared to what Gauss used to do. Brief uh, brief description of it. Pretty much, if I roll, if if I convert it to Ninth Edition rules. If I roll a six to wound with a Gauss weapon, your vehicle would take three mortal wounds or four more, uh, technically four mortal wounds-ish, like 3.33 or whatever, but we'll say four mortal wounds. That sounds ridiculous, right? Well, that's essentially what it used to be. Not perfectly, but essentially. All right, uh, I'm running out of time here. I got only a few minutes left. Arisha, Luca, are you going to be looking into the new Lumineth Realm Lords army for Age of Sigmar at all? Or know if any of your colleagues will be? That will be Steve, he will be doing that. Dr. Vulcan, my not in the house gaming has vanished, kaput. However, on the plus side, I have done more gaming with my wife slash kids, which is fantastic, wonderful. That is good news. One of my kids is currently working on a Necron army and I am planning a D-Day campaign with them using Flames of War, interesting. So I count that all as a win. Not really a question. Just an update on your life, Dr. Vulcan. I appreciate that, because I appreciate you and all of your support. That's good news though. I mean, as long as, as long as you're counting stuff as a win, that's what matters. As long as you're getting wins then. Not like game wins, but like, you know, life wins. Engel, uh, hi, Luca. Who's your favorite matchup in the studio? Steve's Dark Angels, Dave's Chaos, whether it's based on fun or challenging. I actually really, really love playing Steve's Dark Angels. It is one of my favorite things to fight. That was kind of an easy question. Like, it's like the first that pops to my mind. That, and I haven't really fought Eldar or Tau for a while. I always have a good time fighting them. But Steve's Dark Angel's first thing that comes to mind. Kunitz! Well, this one's for Josh. Oh, he's making fun of the Josh thing. <laughs> I, it's the, he, I don't really know much about... The quote is, I don't really know much about Sisters of Battle. I can't help too much. And then he's aware of this, too. He goes to pick up a cup and drink from it. It's a Sister of, sorry, Sisters of Silence cup. It was, the question was pertaining to Sisters of Silence as well. Oh, next one. Uh, Von dirtnap Hello, Mr. Luca of the Dice. Thanks for showing us Tarl, I never truly believe you when you call me Tarl in our matchup, in our one match. Is he giving you more tax on how to play Blood Bowl better on the PC? Keep up the great works and the battle reports. Thank you, thank you. Tarl and Blood Bowl is uh, an interesting combination. Because he wants to play games with the boys, but he hates dice games. But he he was a soldier for helping me out with all the work at home, but he hates dice games. But he loves dice games when they work, but he hates dice games when they don't work. You guys know the type. You guys get what I'm getting at. Next question, P Fisher. Mr. Luca, what do you think the Grey Knights will look like in 9th edition? Do you think Paladins will go up to four wounds with all the Space Marine increases? What are your hopes to see? Well, Grey Knights, super excited to see Strike Squads go up to two wounds each. I would love that. That is my one and only true hope. Dread Knights need, their weapons need a bit of a reconfiguring. They're kind of weird. Dread Knights, oddly enough, are like, I, in my opinion, the weakest aspect of the Codex, so they need to be brought up. Now, they got a stratagem in... Ritual of the Damned, which helped out the Dread Knights a little bit, but not enough to really justify bringing them all that much. I don't mind, I actually don't mind a Grand Master in Dread Knight though. That's not so bad. So if you want to bring a couple of them, I typically only one because of Sanctuary. You, you typically like that, that toughness. I think they're the six. Three up them vulnerable save can be pretty good. Uh, other than that though, ah, Paladins at four wounds does seem like a stretch, but not impossible. But then it'd be hard to justify bringing Paladins if regular green terminators go up to three wounds, though there are paladin-specific stratagems. So it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. If they go up to four wounds, nuts. But I wouldn't be surprised. But is it a stretch? Maybe. I feel like it'd just be nuts though. Like, you know what? All of this, all of these increases, and then they go up by 30% in points. Well, that, that that you might see, you might end up seeing massive point increases for Space Marines. Especially 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 if Games Workshop wants to keep all the rules they have for them, which I applaud. I love their rules. I just think space rings need to go up 30 to 40% in point. Maybe not 40%, but 30% point increases across the board. And then you're looking at balanced space marines. And again, you're gonna be you're gonna have a good time with all your cool rules still, but you're just gonna have less models on the table because let's be real, they have too many models on the table for what they do. Big Mikey, second question, sorry, can you play one game with the studio Harlequins before your hair goes back to normal colors? Believe in the collective high mind would enjoy that. Oh, man, I don't like Harlequins, so I don't know if I could do that for you, big Mike. Yeah, I don't know if I could help you out with that one, my man. The Harlequin collection is all busted, broken, battered, and bruised, and I don't like them. And my hair is actually going to be... I might be gone this weekend coming up. I think I'm going to shave it all down. I think it's long enough. That's my thing. Oh, I can do it. I got two more questions. Oh, I somehow did it. All right. Catfish666. <laughs> Mr. Akul, how was your quarantine? It was all right. What are your thoughts on the Grand Alliance Death as a whole? Pretty bad, Um, other than Bone Reapers. Also, I sold my age of Sigma Armies, Bone Reapers, Nighthaunt, Magikin, and Nurgle due to layoffs and the birth of my daughter. Congratulations. Uh, But the itch to start collecting again is back. What are your thoughts on Skaven, Slaves of Darkness, Magikin, and Nurgle, or Death? Thanks for all your content. You're the best content producer. Oh, and I always love the Luke of the Dice. Thank you very much, Catfish666. Alright, 666. (sighs) <sighs> Quickly, I think I have the most absolute fun playing the Skaven, Scryer specifically. Not so much Pestilence because I just, uh, the idea of the Great Plagues is cool, but they're just so lackluster when it happens. It does nothing. It's so bad. So, I would say Scryer Skaven, absolutely. Molder might be cool too, we just don't have any Molder, So, I don't really know what to tell you there. As for Magikin and Urgo, I have found a super cool, fun build that I'm having a blast with that involves a lot of the new Slaves of Darkness models. Uh, oddly enough, uh, Marauders specifically, but it also involves the Glockkin, so I don't like bringing name characters all the time, but the glockin makes them real cool. But you don't need the glockin to make it work, but you could just have more Marauders, and that could be kind of fun. Anyways, I've been having a lot of fun with Marauders and magikind and Urgo, oddly enough. And... um Death, death. Bone Reapers, always a good time, always good. You can play them down, you can play them up now, and they are in a very healthy spot. I think Bone Reapers are very healthy. If you wanna be a jerk with them, you can be a jerk with them, but you know, keep in mind the mentality of your friends at the time. Or if you don't play with friends, you just play with people you don't like, by all means, do whatever you want. Other death armies are suffering. Flesh of your courts aren't bad but the other ones are definitely suffering. So you're going to have to wait for updates on them, I would say, if you're interested. I still want a, vamp- a, a traditional Soulblight army with cool elite, heavily armored vampires on foot, s- like double hand weapons or like halberds or whatever. Like, a Matt, you've ever played Total Warhammer? Think Depth Guard. <sighs> yes, yes. That is what I am looking forward to most. And I'm almost certain Games Workshop's going to do something like that because they'd be ridiculous not to. Anyways, I would... Uh... Would you, uh, those are my thoughts. Slaves of Darkness, Not, I don't like them on their own, but when you include them into Blades of Corn or Magikin and Urkel, Disciples of inch you have some interesting potential there. Now, with the Slaves of Darkness, they can be pretty good too, but I like to throw them into the specific gods of chaos. And last question, Big Mikey. The third question, Luca, did you ever get your 30k Space Wolves Army painted or back from the Commission Painter? Uh, so I had to deal with this Commission Painter where it was kind of he was kind of swamped, but I really wanted, I liked his work and I really wanted him to work on them. He's like, listen, man, I'll take them, but you have to understand I got a lot of other projects, so I'll work on them when I got the time too, right? And he's like, 100%, no problem, you do you, man. I'm not in a big rush to get them back. It has been a while and they're mostly done, actually. He's got all the Dreadnoughts done, he's got the Death Sworn done. Uh, He's just currently working on the characters, the terminators, and the Grey Slayers, and then they're done. Uh, I would love to, I would love to. Like, um, once I get the back, I'll be playing a lot of, I'll be forcing a lot of 30k with Josh and all that good stuff. And that, folks, ah, I did it. That's all my questions, done. Now, next in line is Steve, so again, make sure you leave questions for him on this video. Preferably not on YouTube, he might not catch those ones. Those comments are supposed to be disabled, but I don't know if they will be, Uh, but, if you go to the Mini Wargaming website where the video is also um, linked to, that's where you can leave the questions. That's where he's mostly going to see them. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the sit and talk. I've taken up enough of your time. I've taken up a lot of my time, actually. I got other work I got to do, and I've been, I was bad. I went for like an hour and a half, probably. And I will see you guys next time, next sit and talk, or in the next battle report. Stay tuned. Probably uh, Game of Sisters of Battle coming up because I have been inspired by your requests and all that good stuff. And I'm super pumped for the deck rounds to come out. Obviously, I'm sure you all are too. See you guys next time. Happy Wargaming.